This is Pastor Clint Ribble, and you're listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information, please visit gracepoint.net. Well, first service people meet second service people. Isn't this nice? I love, I love starting at 10. We've got like an hour and 20 minutes now before <laughs> normal close. This is fantastic. The offering, thank you for the offering. Haven't said a lot, but since the first of the year, it's been tough. Since the statement of inclusion cost us a lot in a lot of ways, gained us a whole lot more. But please be mindful of that. It's going to take some sacrifice to get through this. Obviously, we've got a great church, but we're going, yeah, absolutely. But we need you, uh, you know, on Sundays like this, Justin had you holding hands so long, I was like, my Lord, let him sit down and write a check, brother. Um, <laughs> anyway, novice. Um, <laughs> please remember, and we need it probably even today, if you could do extra, there are boxes at the door, and we mean that. Uh, there are boxes at the door. Please drop extra in. This is too good a church to struggle financially. God's leading us all the way, and we need you on Sundays like this to even do a little extra. So think about that. I'll leave your hands free. If you want to write a check while I'm talking, I don't mind the multitask. So, all right, let me jump into something, and I'm going to come back to it next week. I'll just quit at 11.15, y'all just start raising your hands and saying, at 11.15 and I'll be done and we'll pick up wherever I'm at, we'll pick up there next week. Since this series is about community, uh, thus its title, Together in This, it stands to reason to me that we should spend some time, it stands to reason to the elders, the leaders of this church, the pastors, the board, so we've been talking about this series, it stands to reason that we should spend some time celebrating with clarity, underscore clarity in your mind, celebrating with clarity who we actually are as a community. What is our identity as a church? What is our vision? What is our mission? What do we see our role in the kingdom and this world to be? In other words, we should spend some time focusing on the last word of this series title, together in this, the last word being this. We're together, but what are we together in? What is the this that we are together in? Who are we as a congregation? Grace Point Church is a mini-splendored thing. I looked out at all of you. You are Grace Point Church. There's so much wonderful about this church. Um, I look back, I think about Richard and Pat from the very beginning. I look back, Marie, and see you and Lisa from the very beginning. I think about Brother Paul. Lord, I remember I was so far from home, and I was in a 12-step group with him. In between, I had left ministry, didn't think I would ever come back to ministry. And I was, with, I was in a 12-step meeting for a bunch of alcoholics, and I, I didn't drink, I hadn't drunk. But there was something, as I was detached from church, sometime your spiritual journey will detach you from church, at least it did for me. I, I went to every 12-step group I could find because there was something raw and real about the spirituality there, and it was outside the box and language. And I went to this particular meeting down near Music Row that Paul was a part of, kind of a daddy of, and 
Paul and Marie were children of an old General Baptist preacher in southeast Missouri and northeast Arkansas. And Paul, Marie, took kind of a prodigal journey, didn't he? Her brother Paul, we laid him to rest a couple of years ago, I always knew where he was going to sit in church. Even before we had him the big red chair, Richard, you'd come in and Marie would have her purse and Lisa would have a bulletin and they were all saving seats on the back row and Paul would have, always have his pack of Marlboros on the seat, saving his seat. <laughs> but Paul was a wonderful, splendid soul. And in this particular meeting, these people were getting incredibly uncomfortable. They were kind of legalistic in their AA-ness. They were uncomfortable with the fact that I wasn't an alcoholic. They were sniffing that out. And they started in nice ways trying to explain to me that maybe it'd be a better, there'd be other meetings that would be better. And finally, after about four weeks of them trying to be nice, one of them pretty much said to me that it really was kind of odd, you know, me not, and I remember I broke down and cried and Maria looked at them and I said, I'll start drinking. <laughs> I'll drink if that'll let you. And y'all forgive my French. I don't normally do this, but get ready. This is Phyllis Tickle moment. I'll never forget. It was a holy moment. Paul sat there and listened to me say that I would start drinking to be a part of what they were doing there. I'll never forget. He leaned forward and slammed his fist and he said, hell, fellas, we've become the church. And he looked at me and he said, you can stay. And he's helped us start the church. He is there from the very beginning. Oh, there's so many stories to tell about Grace Point Church. And there are so many ways to describe, so many superlatives, modifiers, adjectives to describe what Grace Point Church is that no one sentence description or no one modifier one adjective is going to do the trick, but I think it's important right now as we've been talking about ourselves as a church to make this statement. Among many, this is a statement I want to make and try to explain over the next couple of weeks. Grace Point Church is a progressive Christian community. And for today's purpose, I think the word that deserves and begs explanation most in that statement, Grace Point Church is a progressive Christian community. I think the word that most needs explanation is the word progressive. Christian, you've got community, you probably have a handle on. Grace Point, we've had for 12 years. Church, we understand. But the word progressive, like any word, the word progressive is nuanced. And it has many meanings, and it means many things to many people. It may be a positive word for some of you. It may be a negative word for some of you. I understand the way words are. So I want to bring clarity to the way our leadership understands and is using the word when we speak amongst ourselves that we are small p, a progressive community. I mean, the only, we really don't need a lot of capital letters beyond Christian, but the other adjectives are important. So what do we mean when we use the word progressive? I want to help you have kind of a clear definition of what we mean by progressive when we say Grace Point's a progressive Christian community. First of all, let me admit it could be reasonably argued that the use of progressive as a modifier in front of Christian, progressive Christian, is actually redundant. The argument would be Christianity by its very nature, in its very essence, at its very core, Christianity is progressive. So you don't need to say, it's like saying a large blue whale, a small electron, a black crow. 
you don't have to say it because it's an embedded reality at the very core of Christianity. But I think we need to use it periodically. Um, and the reason I feel it's necessary right now to employ the adjective is because though it should be understood that Christianity is progressive in nature, though it should be an embedded reality in Christianity, it, it isn't always. We forget this about following Christ. And so I think it's an important enough characteristic of Christianity that often goes unrecognized that we should include it in our description, at least for a while, and if we want to leave off and pick up another adjective later, if it works, that's fine too. I'm not married to words. But every now and then we need to use words, and I want to use this one to kind of rejuvenate awareness of one of the important characteristics of Christianity. Now, basic definition of progressive. Uh, first, you go to the root word progress as a noun. Uh, progress, best definition for me of progress, or at least the one that I intend when I say it here, is progress is the process of improving. The process of developing in an improving fashion, something over a period of time. So you got an XY graph as you move along time, as you move well, from y'all's direction, as you move positive direction over time. If advancement and the growth of ideals and action is the Y axis, as you move across the X, you develop a slope of increase. That's progress. Uh, to progress is to improve, to develop something over a period of time. And when you get to the adjective cognate, uh, progressive simply means, when we say we're a progressive Christian church, progressive means that we are a church that favors or advocates progress. We favor, we advocate change, improvement, reform, as opposed to wishing to maintain things completely as they are. That's the heart of progressiveness. At the heart of progressiveness, there is this gnawing, dissatisfaction with the things as they are. And, and underneath the dissatisfaction is something very positive. There's this belief that things could be, should be, and will be better. To be progressive as a church, to be progressive as an individual is to believe in progress, to believe that human history is marked by positive growth. To be progressively Christian, interestingly, for me, this is for me, this is the way I've come at it, to be progressively Christian is not that I had a presupposed lens or a predisposition toward positivity and progress, and I brought that to my Christian faith. I wasn't first a positivist or a progressive who then imposed that upon my Christian faith. Really, when I say that I'm progressively Christian, it's not that I've brought that lens to my Christianity as much as that lens has developed as a result of my Christianity. My lens of life that I live through, this faith disposition of progress has come to me as a direct result of following Jesus, who I think was the ultimate progressive, the one that ever and again believed that things could be and would be better. He called it the kingdom of God. I am progressive in my view of creation and, and the process of creation that we're still a part of explicitly because I believe God is. I'm progressive as a Christian explicitly because I believe Jesus in his earthly ministry and teachings, I believe he was. And I believe even the good old Apostle Paul that some of you have a love-hate relationship with, I think if you read him right, he was an incredible progressive when you look back and set him in the context in which he spoke. Now, 
let's play with words a little bit, and I'm not trying to satisfy, and I'm not running for any office. I am also traditional. I am traditional because I believe the Judeo-Christian tradition is one of progress. See what I did there? I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to play the middle and run the purple. I am traditional because I believe at the heart of the Christian tradition is a disposition and a demeanor of progress. I'm also conservative because I'm doing my best to conserve what I believe is the initial demeanor of Jesus and his disciples, which was progress. That's what conservative is to me, to try to conserve the reality of what Jesus came to bring. And I think that that is progress. Now, ultimately, we know for progress to be worth anything, it's got to actually yield real results. Really, I mean, it's not progress until the results are yielded. So progress has got to be an action or a series of action where we can see movement up that y-axis as we move across time. Progress has got to be real, it's got to be tangible, it's got to be empirical, observable, it's got to be a yielded movement or a result. With that said, before progress is ever an action, progress is a thought. Before progress is ever a reality, it is first a hope, a dream. And as soon as I say dream, we hear that booming voice of the prophet, I have a dream today. Long before the dream actualized, long before the reality began to set in in incarnate form, a man stood and spoke for millions and said, I have a dream. Before progress is an action, it has to be a thought. It has to be a belief. It has to be a conviction. Because the reality is, and please hear me, the way we dream, the way we hope, the way we believe, finally manifest in the way we live. Finally, these dispositions manifest in our actions and these actions manifest in results. So progress, which is something that we all want, the kingdom of God, that's what we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Believing, as Paul Tillich said, that here and there, now and then, we can bring that ultimate kingdom to bear through our lives here, now. So progress, before it's a reality, is always a mentality. Progress first begins in the attitude, the faith position of an individual. Progress is born of humans who are progressive. And I believe the most progressive human who has ever lived was Jesus of Nazareth, the one we call Christ. I believe he was a precocious divine soul who saw things and projected things and set us up on a slope that if we will ride it, brothers and sisters, it will take us to a better world. So because I believe Jesus was the chief progressive in humanity's history, therefore I believe the religion, the way of life that he inspired this thing we call Christianity or following Jesus. I believe the religion he inspired is naturally progressive, progressing, and full of progress. Hang on, I'm going to use a word here as I wrap this thing up today and let you go. And you promise you'll come back next week? You'll try? Some of you are here Easter. I know, three in a row. It's a big deal. <laughs> try it.
It's a word you may not know, but you need to know, and I'm not trying to be you know, uh, a preacher using preacher language, but it's a good word, and it certainly extends, extends beyond the realm of religion. And if you're interested in this word, read a guy named Gadamer, G-A-D-A-M-E-R. He is the chief text, and it's a great book to read for any human. But the word is hermeneutic. Because Jesus was the chief progressive, it can properly be said that Jesus' hermeneutic was a hermeneutic that at its core was progressive. Now, hermeneutic. Hermeneutic, not just in religious circles, but in philosophical circles, when you talk about a hermeneutic, it's pretty simple. You're simply talking about a person's interpretive lens. You guys realize you all have lenses that you see life through, right? A hermeneutic is a person's interpretive lens. It's the way you see life. It's the lens that you see through. As a matter of fact, the people who love you and are around you, they can sometimes see your hermeneutic lens better than you can. Because when you have the lens on, you see through it. You know, you're wearing the glasses that are tinted yellow and the whole world looks yellow. You don't see the glasses, you don't see the lens, you see through it. And so a lot of time, people close to you can see the lens, you're just seeing through it. You don't even recognize your hermeneutic. You don't recognize how you're tinted or tainted. But a hermeneutic is simply the perspective through which I interpret the data of life. And I'll close with this. Have you ever met someone who has a negative hermeneutic? You ever met somebody who has a cynical or a fatalistic or a hopeless or a jaded hermeneutic? Their whole life, they look through. No matter what happens, they see the glass as half. They are always, their hermeneutic is negative in nature. I call that an Eeyore hermeneutic, right? Oh, oh, oh. It's like the kid in college who was sleeping on the couch and his friends came and put a big swab of Limburger cheese in his mustache. And he woke up, you remember the stupid Joe? He wake, oh, don't say stupid. Are the kids out? Sorry. The kid woke up with the Limburger cheese in his upper lip and said, man, this room stinks. By the time you take it all the way out to the end, he steps out inside, the, outside and he says, the whole dadgum world stinks. And it wasn't the whole world that stunk, was it? It was, what do we always say to our kids? You need to clean your upper lip off. That's a negative hermeneutic. We all have hermeneutics that we live through. With that said, have you ever met someone who has a positive hermeneutic? a hopeful hermeneutic, a redemptive hermeneutic, a progressive hermeneutic, a faith-filled hermeneutic. The Eeyore hermeneutic walks into a room and the lights dim. The faith-filled progressive hermeneutic walks into a room and the lights come up. We, all of us, are interpreting life through a lens. Oh. I broke my promise, it's 11.16. I'm done. <clears throat> Come back next week. We're gonna talk about the progressive lens and what it means to be exactly what we are and have been, and that is a progressive Christian church, Jesus as the chief progressive among us. Hasn't this, in, 
on top of the fact, built on the fact that I just preached an 18-minute sermon. Has this just been the best service that we've had in a long time? All right, so much good stuff. The donuts are gone. Don't forget a little extra something in the offering. Please, 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 for the sake of this church, and mostly... Remember next week, one service. Let's do this all over again. Let's bring some people who need to hear the good news of Jesus, this good news that we believe progressive Christianity is. God bless you. Meet somebody you don't know. Go in God's name.